I so should have had a Christmas talk today. <laughs> I was saying to Phil King, we're blaming Sam Costa for this because he wanted to t- two weeks. <laughs> but it's been great, hasn't it? Had a kid's talk. Boy, that's a hard crowd to, to run with, isn't it? They will give you grief. But it was just great to hear about John, our, our, our prayers, our singing together. It's just been great. Let me pray as we start here today. Lord, we we look for your grace to give us understanding, to give us wisdom, to give us the, the bravery to act on what we know and to begin to do what we know is good and right. Amen. I'm just going to turn this mic on, okay? We're all good? There we go. Thank you. Well, over the last six weeks, we've been studying how prayer should be central to all that we do. It'll be central to our relationship with Jesus. It'll be central to our relationships with each other. And it'll be central to our meeting together. You know, in our um, values that we have as a church, we call it a one of the core values. Um, and those have been, who have been leading us through these talks have prayed and hoped that they'll stimulate and encourage each of us to pray. Have you been encouraged to pray during this study series? Have you made some changes to how and when and what you pray for? I know for myself, this has just been my little journey, I know Phil King got me thinking about how much I desired to pray. I know as I age, I find habits and attitudes get entrenched. And I found it a challenge in that first talk to discern if I actually desired to pray. And then Andrew did a talk on understanding prayer. And I wanted to change, but I was really unsure how to. I ended up downloading the Book of Common Prayer on on my phone. It's uh, it's the Church of England Church's Book of Common Prayer. Um, ah, look at it's on my phone. I look at it each morning. It sets out a daily reading, which encourages me to keep up. And it's really convenient to open up and start opening up the ABC News app. Um, so it's been a good aid for me in my situation. It's been helpful. It's helpful in a limited way. But what's been great is that it's even just doing that thing makes me more conscious um, as I do pray each morning as I have breakfast just because of these prompts. I know um, a couple of weeks ago I was talking with Tim Laidler and he told me that you know, out of these talks, he's had a new approach to how he's been praying. And Tim, are you happy to get up and share a little bit of that with us? I'll oh, try that one. Try that one. So, Tim, you were, um, you were mentioning when we were, when we were talking the other, the other day in the park, the other week in the park, um, you'd... You'd had a prayer diary years ago, and you restarted it. Was that? No, I've never had a prayer okay. diary. It was um, it was so new. I've, okay, I've always been very hesitant to start one. It just seemed to be something that just seemed a bit 
<sighs> What's the word I'm looking for? Formulated? Contrived? Contrived is a good word. Okay. Um, and But I have always struggled with my prayer life. Mm -hmm. It just seems to be, you know, if I really spent time and got into it, it was rewarding, but that was hard to find and commonly it was just something I really struggled with was making time to pray, feeling like the prayer I was having was was actually, you know, properly fulfilling and connecting. Mm. Um, so now you've got a book, got a pen? Yep. You yes, write so some thoughts in it? Is that yeah, essentially um, what you're so doing? So this has um, always been a very big thing for prayer journals. Um, <laughs> and she, she, we were talking about the sermon series and, you know, she was like, just, just give it a go. And I'm like, you know what? I did. So, um, what's it been like? <laughs> it has been... Transformative is not an understatement. Okay. Um, right. So, I would struggle to make time to pray more than once or twice a week. Yeah, okay. Um, and now, I'm finding I'm praying pretty much every day, unless yeah. something you know, major comes up. I've set aside time every day. Um, and I'm finding that that time is not enough. Yeah, okay. Well, um, yeah. So that, you know, Liz takes the girls to, to, Liz goes to work, takes the girls to school, and I leave about 15, 20 minutes later. And I'm finding I'm getting to that point, and I'm going, if I don't leave now, I'm going to be late for work. <laughs> so you get a, you, it's, it's helped you develop a regular time? Like that, yeah, you know, so, after so, the kids go and before you have to go to work, and it's yeah, but I just give yeah. me a focus. Yeah, that's giving me a and and yeah. I'm finding that my prayers are feeling more fulfilling. I'm able okay. to get you know engaged, engaged. Yep. Um, and I feel like my relationship with God is okay, much more yeah. present yep. than it has in the past. Thanks. Um, Thanks, Tim. That's great. Nice. That's great. Um, I guess we'll, we'll read a couple of volumes. In <laughs> Look, at, I, I did write an email around to everybody. I don't know if anybody read it. Asking if anybody else might be prepared or happy to share any changes in their prayer life that they've had over these last few weeks. And this is an open time now. I'm looking for anybody that might be brave enough to... Just um, share with us what they've, if they've found that things have shifted or changed for them over this series. Phil, do you want to have a go at that? Now you're 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 a bit of an advantage because you had to do a lot of <laughs> preparation for a couple of a couple of talks. But yeah, what's, what have you found? Well, that's probably been my observation that I stand stood up the front preaching two of these sermons in the prayer series and watched my fellow elders and and our other lay preachers and every single one of us spoke of our inadequacy of prayer standing up here trying we're not experts but we're talking about prayer and and that became probably for me a shining observation that not even the elders of our church can lay their hand on their heart and say oh, I've got this down pat which means there's room for all of us to improve um, and for mine where I was praying daily because we we had a very specific prayer time with our kids the challenge for me after this prayer series is to make that 
incredibly um, deliberate, deliberate prayer, not just the same prayer. And even Harry said, Dad, you changed the words. <laughs> I go, yeah, I'm glad you were listening, buddy. Yeah. And, you cha- and then asking the kids, what do you want to pray about yeah. tonight? Okay. And, and so yeah. while we had regular prayer, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I get to do that five times a night. You know, and, that, and even though I'm tired and even though you've got the end of the day and you don't feel like, oh, I've got to go and do this again, you know, it's not about me or my kids. It's about God. Mm. And mm. so that's probably, you know, it's re- really weird. Seven weeks ago, um, the change that we've been able to make just doing that and that we want to keep making. So thanks. Thanks, man. Phil. Yeah. Um, so having more children that helps you more regular. <laughs> <laughs> No, not at all. But I think I think you can get the gist of it. You know, sometimes there's these little points that we can help develop um, that become part of your routine. And you know, both of them said it's hard to start. You know, but you do get started. Anybody else got um, anything they'd like to share or, or contribute? You got to be quick because I'm going to keep going here. No, up the back. Do you want to speak from back there, Henry, or do you want to come up the front? Thanks, Henry. Thanks very much. And it is. It, it is. In the, in the way we live our lives, it's just cultural. You know, we need to fill every time slot. And like Henry says, it, it needs a change of purpose of how we want to live our lives to, to have that time of quietness. Got to be quick. We've got to keep going here. Anybody else want to have a share anything with us? Oh, look at it. Oh, one more. One more. Come on, Lynn. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to because I thought, no, I'll just sit at the back and be quiet. But it was a good segue what Henry just said into what I was going to, what I was thinking along mm. the lines of. Um, the, the, the talk between a husband and a wife, and well, obviously, as we know, Ross is not here anymore. And there was one morning after, I think it was Andrew had been speaking and, and Phil, somebody said, put an app on your phone, and I can't remember which one it was, but put an app on your phone and pray through it. If you've got no other time, just pray through that. I had two big overwhelming things that I, I couldn't deal, I, I didn't know how to deal with because they were always things that Ross always dealt with. So um, one was buying a new car and the other one is putting a fence around the place. So that morning, the verse that came up, I had been thinking about it and worrying about it, and the verse that came up was so specific to praying through that, to asking for answers to these two things. Well, within that day, I had found a car, which is now out in the car park, and the Did other you thing find was find a fence. <laughs> well. And the other thing was that Ross's family, his extended family, husband, um, cousins, rang me that day and asked me, how can we help you practically? And one of them happens to be a fencing contractor. So there you go. So, you know, I can't say that I have revolutioned my life and pray every day on that app, but um, thanks, guys, for encouraging me to do that. And I do try and do it far more often. So... With that, you you were reading some scripture out of the app, yeah. And it didn't say buy a car, build a fence, <laughs> but but no no but but out of that it there was something you were reading twigged well, to say about, I, I I can I can pray and trust the Lord with this. Yes, it was out of um, Psalm fifty six, 
I can't remember which verses, but it said, when I am afraid, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord when I am afraid. Like it was mm. the same thing. And you, you like, identified that yes. you were fearful at this fearful. at that that's point right. in time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's great. That's great. Thanks, Lynn. Ah, look at this is this is great. I hope these stories encourage you. Um, and they give you permission to try doing prayer in different ways, to just open yourself up to say I want to. I want to do something different. I need to get started, and 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 try it. As you see, a lot of these are aids. A lot of them are, you know, just opening your mind up as you read scriptures. I was wanted to talk to you about that, Lynn. You know, it didn't say you know buy a car, build a fence, but it's you know the word of God spoke to you about the fear you had at the time, and it didn't say don't live in fear, but it said you know put this on the Lord. And, and, I, and I love that. It's, you know, and that's what you begin to pray, um, you know, to deal with the core thing, which is the fear. Um, well, if you have struggles praying, oh, the talk is about doing prayer. How do we do this? But if you have struggles regularly praying, you are not alone. Literally, over the centuries, this has been a problem. The church across the world, the church across time has struggled with how to be obedient to the word of God. You know, Paul encouraged the new church in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 5. He said, he told them, he said, rejoice always, pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus admonished his disciples in that last day with them, and we find it in Matthew 26. You know, he'd been out praying alone in the garden, and he came back, and they're all asleep. So Matthew was asleep with the rest of the disciples, and he wrote this. And he says he returned, and his disciples found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for an hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. And that famous quote, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's the problem of being human. We're good at things for a short period of time. Life gets in the way. And, and, and how to be continually in that relationship before the Lord is a problem. There's one other example. You know, a little bit earlier, Mark records it. The disciples are trying to cast a demon out of this young boy. And I don't know what that looked like on the ground, but didn't work. And Jesus came and he helped them. And he cast the demon out of this, this young man. And the disciples afterwards asked him, and said, why couldn't we do this? And in Mark 9.29, Jesus replies to him and he says, this kind can come out only by prayer. Now, it's a statement, but it's also an implication that whatever the disciples' prayer life, prayers look like, it wasn't sufficient in this instance. Um, and we have a problem. We have a problem as, as God's people, being constant, being regular, being focused, 
in our prayer. I want to I want to go through three things that might help this, and and this is why I really love these stories um, because they point to these things. And the first one is regularity. Try to find a way to develop that habit of regularity of prayer. Um, you know, Timothy is the example of a, of a prayer journal because he has a prayer journaling wife to encourage him in these things. Um, you know, Phil's got children that he has five prayers a night, um, you know, and, and Harry makes sure that he's on track and he keeps to the words. Um, but, but they're, they're, they're just aids that can help you continue um you know henry's looking at you know at, at at that just time of quietness time of reflection um you know lynn's downloaded an app that um encourages us in prayer there there are aids and helps that can help you do this um over the centuries, and, and I'm not going to bore you with the historical details, but there's been all sorts of, th- of prayer timetables, of um, set times of prayer. Almost every convent and monastery had rules and set times when, you know, they they would pray. Um, you know, from a more modern Protestant point of view, we look at that and go, ha, 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 we don't need to do that anymore. But there's still an aid just for to help develop that regularity of being in communication with our Lord. Um, people use aids. Um, in these days and times, a lot of us might use an app like my Book of Common Prayer or Lynn's Prayer app. Um, people use prayer beads, prayer candles, finding a specific place to pray. Phil, I assume, in bedrooms um, as you go around the house. Um, you know, a, a journal to write in. Um, you know, having a having a, a book of prayer. Um, these are these are good aids that help us develop that regularity. There's times of prayer. Um, you know, churches we we hold prayer meetings. We have corporate prayer times here on a Sunday during our services. We you know different groups will have special days of prayer where we meet together, the Women's World Day of Prayer from memory, and there's some other ones. These are all aids to help us in our regularity. And I would encourage you to use them as you have the opportunity, as as your interest gets um, twigged, and experiment, try them out. See if this works for you. Um, one of the things that the church has used for many, many, many years are written prayers. We don't do that very often, probably to our demise here in, in our own local group. But written prayers are good. They, they develop and, and help teach people like Harry what prayer looks like, how prayer goes. Um, the, I, can you believe it? There's a, th- a committee called the Presbyterian Worship and Devotions Committee. It's on the Presbyterian website. I did not know this. But they've got all sorts of aids of prayers, diaries, um, calendars to encourage people to be regular in reading the Word of God and to pray. I'd encourage you to have a look at that. Experiment with these things. At its most basic, the prayer of prayers, as Sam talked about it um, 
last week and the week before. The prayer that Jesus gave that starts, um, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's an aid to prayer. His disciples said, teach us to pray. He said, well, this is a guideline to pray on. Here it is. And it's, it's, it can be seen as an aid to help us to pray. You know, just remember that developing a daily ritual of prayer, memorizing prayers, using beads or candles or an app, that's not the goal. These are just aids. Attending any and every group prayer meeting is not the goal. Use the aids to develop the habit of praying continually, giving thanks in everything. It's about, I think Henry talked about it, it's about having that communion, having that conversation with your Heavenly Father regularly. The second thing is immerse yourself in the Word of God. Immerse yourself in the Bible. Church leaders throughout the centuries have always joined very, very closely prayer and reading the Bible. The Book of Common Prayer that I've got my app. It, it's basically a, an annual read through the entire Bible interspersed with some prayers. So you can see it's, it's linked intrinsically. If you pick up any how-to book on quiet times, inevitably they have a piece of scripture to read and then an explanation and a prayer. And the word of God is central to our praying. Better get into the word of God. Have a flick through to, to Daniel chapter 9. It's just the first three verses of, of Daniel chapter 9. So Daniel has been taken away with the other Jews to um, Babylon. He's a, a leader of his people and, a, and, a, and, a, and a quite a leader in, um, in Nebuchadnezzar's court. And this is how it starts in verse 2 there. In the first year of his reign, this is the reign of Xerxes, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petitioned in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. So Daniel sets the scene. He says, I've been reading the word of God. Jeremiah, one of the Old Testament prophets that we find a little bit challenging to read. And he says, I discerned that there, there's a message here. So what does he do? That leads him to pray about what he's understood. And it's that prayer and reading of the word of God that are intrinsically joined there together. Another one, if you flick over to Matthew chapter 26. So Jesus is literally the last day of his life. In verse 42, there's a, uh, how do you put it? You know, horrendous time. Jesus 
has gone to Jerusalem and he knows, he knows, because he told his disciples on the way that I'm going to come face to face and head to head with the leaders of this country and they're going to arrest me and they're very probably going to kill me. He knew what he was walking into. And in that garden, before he got arrested, Matthew describes he... In verse 42, he went away a second time. And this is what Jesus prayed. He said, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. And he'd prayed a little bit earlier. This is the second time. He says, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And if you flick back over to Psalm 119, verse 8, Jesus is praying the word of God. Because Psalm 119, verse 8 says, I obey your decrees, do not utterly forsake me. And it's a bit like Lynn, you know? Didn't say buy a car, build a fence. But it speaks to core of the issue and Jesus wants to do his father's will so he's saying I don't really want to do this this is too much for me but your will is the right way to go and I will trust that you will not utterly forsake me and he prays the scriptures and I would encourage you to immerse yourself in the, in the Word of God. Read it regularly. Pray about what strikes your mind, what you identify and what you relate to. Now, it's good for me to say that and encourage you, but I, thought, I better give you an example of this. I've been reading through Zephaniah. Hands up if you've read through Zephaniah in the last 12 months. <laughs> okay, that's right. Me too. I haven't read through Zephaniah for a long time. <laughs> Turn to Zephaniah, I'll just, I'll just take you through as an example. Um, it's right at the end of the Old Testament, uh, not quite, but almost. And we'll just go to chapter 1. Um, and um, in, in verse 2, um, have you ever thought about why there's chapters and verses in the Bible? They're not part of Holy Scripture. Jesus and God and the prophets did not talk in terms of chapters and verses. They're aids. They're aids just like we were talking about. They're aids to help you read the scripture, to know where you're up to, to, you know, refer back to something. Um, but anyway, Zephaniah, he says in verse 2, he, this is his prophecy. He says, I will sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away both man and beast. I will sweep away the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and the idols that cause the wicked to stumble. When I destroy all mankind on the face of the earth, declares the Lord. When you're sitting at the kitchen bench having breakfast... And this is what you read. It can be a little bit depressing to start the day, but that was Zephaniah when I read it. How do you pray that? Well, as a this is just 
the way my mind works. And yours might work differently, but it's trusting the Spirit of the Lord to be to speak to you and how he will. And I looked at those words, you know, in verse 2. When I, I will sweep away everything from the face of the earth. And I was reflecting upon how I hold on to possessions. And I, you know, I asked for a true perspective on wealth. Have you considered that the Lord made all everything, the earth and all that is in it. And he is saying that is of such value to me that I will sweep all that away. So who am I to think that what I own, what I have access to is of such prime importance that I must hold on to it at all costs. The Lord's, the God's perspective is this is temporary. It's not true. So I began to pray that, just asking for a true perspective on wealth and what I've been given or made. I talked back to the Lord that what I do have is rubbish. And it has no intrinsic value in and of itself. In verse 3, when he says, I will destroy all mankind from the earth, it led me to, how to put it, pray in humility to acknowledge that I, I just don't have any control over my life. It's, it's not mine to, dis, to, to say what I will expect out of it. And to tell my Heavenly Father that the only true life I have is hidden in him, in Jesus. Because all that's here on earth that I put my time into is going to be destroyed. And these are sobering things. But I would encourage you, just as you read, I only chose that as an example. Pray the scriptures back to the Lord. Reflect upon them in a, in a personal way. It's, it's a habit. It's a, yeah, it's a skill, for want of a better word, you develop. But you begin. You begin and you find those phrases, those key words that, that speak to you at that time and pray them. The third thing that might help you is if you have a look at the prayers in, in the scriptures, what people do, action equals prayer and prayer equals action. It's not unlinked. You don't, you just don't find prayers in the Bible that have nothing going on with them. They're always either coming out of what people have done or they're leading people to do things. That one in Daniel. Daniel was reading the scriptures and what did he do? It led him to pray, and it led him to pray specifically about the restoration of his nation, of the temple, of the place where God is worshipped. Jesus knew he's on a collision course. That, um, that prayer he prayed in, that we read about in Matthew 26, you know, he'd set his face to do what he had to do, to stay the course, and that led him to pray. And Jesus affirms that his Father's will is the ultimate purpose, not his own comfort and not his own preservation and well-being. If you have a look at that prayer in Ephesians chapter 2, 15 to 23, it's a very, very famous uh, prayer that, that Paul writes about. 
I'm not going to read the whole thing, but um, it's not chapter 2, is it? I think it's chapter 1. For this reason, sorry, it's in chapter 1, Ephesians 2. He says, for this reason, and ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love of all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you and remembering you in my prayers. And then he goes on asking um, God to give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and some more things. What? So here the sequence of events. He heard about them. He says, ever since I heard about your faith, I've not stopped giving thanks for you. So the hearing of what has been happening led him to pray. But what did that prayer lead to? It led to writing this letter to the Ephesian church as an encouragement to them. Now, that's not much effort, is it? You know, write a letter, put it in the post, send it. In their context... What does it mean to write a letter? Well, there's no postal service. So if you want to get a letter delivered, you've got to find someone to deliver it. So Paul has to take one of his men, a guy with a great name like Tychius. It's just not English, is it? (laughs) It's Greek. But Tychius was sent with the letter to Ephesus. So he was, you know, days and days and days on the journey. He stays there. So while we only have the letter to the Ephesians in the New Testament as the, the encouragement that comes out of Paul's prayers for them, literally, Tychius, the messenger, is also the result of that prayer because he stays there for weeks and weeks and he, he is the embodiment of the letter that Paul's written to them. So they know that Paul is genuine in his concern for them by the way Tychius' behavior is and what he gives and contributes to them while he's there in Ephesus. And you can see that there's prayer and it leads to action. Have you ever considered how both gospel writers reference the Lord, what we call the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew, it leads to action. So Jesus said, when you pray, pray this prayer. Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. And have you ever read the last little bit in Matthew? Because he says, For God will forgive you how you forgive others. That is a very, very, very serious statement that Jesus made. Because it must lead, when we pray that prayer, to the action of forgiving to the extent that God's forgiven us, others. And if you have ever thought, that you have done something that you just don't think God can forgive you for. And you don't know if if you talk to him about it, he will. Then consider what you must forgive others. If you think they've done something that I can just never forgive them, ask yourself, has God forgiven you all? Because that's what he demands of us. It is not a prayer just to be mumbled. 
Have you considered, have you had a look at how Luke refers to it? So Luke refers to the same prayer. And he picks up the conversation Jesus has after it. And it's all about asking. He says, you know, ask and the door will be open to you. Ask and it'll be given to you. If you're a father and your kid asks you for a meal, are you going to give him a stone? He says, you know, if you know how to give good things to your own kids, how much more is your heavenly father going to give his Holy Spirit and his blessings to you? He said, this is a prayer of asking. Ask, ask, ask. God wants to be involved and engaged in your life. You know, it's to do, it's to ask, it's to be active. We've been praying for a minister, haven't we? Did we just hope that one would fall out of the sky? We'd just sit, say, God, send us a minister and want to just drop in? You know, we, we have to make the effort. You have to make the phone calls. You have to do the search. You have to have the meetings. You, it, it takes energy. It, just to pray and do nothing is, is um, fairyland. But it comes with action. So invest in your prayers, invest in your time, invest in your money, invest your energy in what you pray for and pray about what you invest in. I've never referred to that Romans chapter 15 um, section we read this morning, have I? Have you ever noticed that? Have a look at it sometime. Paul asked them to pray with him for a couple of things he asked them to pray that he might get to Jerusalem that they would accept the gifts that he's bringing from Gentile churches so this is Gentiles giving gifts of help to Jews under Jewish culture you never ate a meal with Gentiles that was just anathema and he's asking that it will be accepted. He's asking them to pray that he would be kept from the evildoers in Judea and that he would be able to see them on his way to Spain. From the history in Acts, we know that they did accept his gifts. We know he wasn't kept from the evildoers in Judea because they literally bashed him and Timothy up and then they put him in prison. Um, and then he appealed to Caesar, so they put him on a ship and sent him off to Rome. And he did visit them in Rome, but he was in chains and house arrest when he visited them. And he never quite got to Spain. And I guess I want to put that into the context. We pray for things. We ask God for things. Sometimes it doesn't quite work out how we might think it should. I am sure Paul envisaged that he would go to Jerusalem, deliver his gift, be encouraged and encourage the believers there, find a ship heading off to Rome, visit them, give them an encouragement, be encouraged by them, and then he'd get another ship and head off to Spain. You know, he didn't think of a prison galley um, sitting, on the, sitting on the oars and getting shipwrecked and getting house arrest and finally dying, um, being executed in Rome. But the Lord had plans for him still to give encouragement to the church in Rome, just not in the way that he, he might have envisaged it. 
But he still encouraged them to pray, and he acted on their prayers. He went to, he went to, um, in, to Jerusalem. He went, and then he got led on to Rome. So let your prayers be active. And from what you do, lead to prayer. Just one last thing. I, um, and I only tell you this story because, um, because of one comment. Uh, we had a farm in, in, in Burke. We, we grew cotton and lots of other things over the, over the decades. And it was a habit my father had. So there were um, four brothers, sister and, and my, my father. We would pray each time we had a meeting with our accountants. So these um, two people from Boyce and Co. and Dubbo would come up to Burke and we'd set aside a whole day or day and a half. And my father's in a wheelchair. And he'd say, well, let's pray. And so we'd bow our heads and pray and then we'd be robust in our discussions about all things financial. Um, we'd have uh, farm workers' lunches. We tried to do them once a month, but sometimes they worked and didn't. We'd pray before we, before we had uh, barbecue hamburgers. We prayed each time we had our managers come in and we had a, had a manager's meeting. It was clunky. It was, oh, I, I just remember, um, you, you know, it, you think, is this suitable? Does this fit? But what it did, it gave permission for some of our employees over time to ask my father to pray for sick family members or family members that were going through different things. It, it, in, it gave permission for us to be engaged in, in other people's lives besides just the work aspect. And I only tell you that story because this um, uh, young assistant accountant to the senior accountant, um, she, said, she said to my father, she said, we go to a lot of you know, far, family farm business meetings this is the only one we ever get prayed for. <laughs> and I remembered that. And I guess it's, you know, it's what we invested our time and our energy and our money into that farm. But we wanted to make sure that God was at the center of that also. Um, you know, and it included Jesus at the center of our plans and our motivations. Pray constantly. Find aids if you need them to help you pray regularly. Work at developing that habit of praying in all situations. In everything, give thanks. Pray the word of God to your heavenly father. Read the word of God regularly. Read it constantly. Pray to your heavenly father what he is showing you, what he's shown you in his word. And make your prayers an action. Act on what you pray about. Pray about what you're spending your time, your money, your energy on. I think we're going to have to have, you know, six months' time, we'll have to have another show and tell and say, well, anybody got some, <laughs> how it's going? Let me end in prayer right now, and then we're going to have a final song, okay? Lord Jesus, we do, we're just human. We are so fickle, intermittent uncertain help us in our prayers help us in our being regular being constant in communicating with you our heavenly father 
In Jesus' name, amen.